0: with me today is Sandra Zalika's metaverse and NFT futurist. And we're going to, we're going to talk about the, the creator economy and tokenization. Assuming this live stream feed actually starts to work. I'm watching the feed right now and it's only showing me. So let's see what happens when Sandra introduces herself.
1: All right. Hi, everyone. Do You want me to introduce myself now? Yeah, please. All right, great. Hi, everyone. So I'm I'm excited to be here with the you know Jordan from Pele Network. Uh, some exciting topics to discuss. And you know, as he mentioned, I'm NFT and Metaverse futurist at, at Zilliqa. So you know, excited to take this chat and uh, see what comes out from the, the discussions
0: great yeah it looks like it's working you were talking and the screen changed so cool let's just dive right in it's not as fancy as my live streaming software that i spent all day setting up but you know you you gotta just keep moving forward a big part of what we believe at Pelé network is when we're especially speaking about content creation building a brand um making a livelihood by creating content you gotta just keep doing it And that's definitely something we've all learned in like the Instagram, YouTube era, this web 2.0 content creation, which is like, you gotta just be consistent and eventually a following will show up. Now, what Web3 and Zalika and Pele Network, I personally believe really want to focus on and concentrate on uh, enhancing is the relationship between that following and the content you're creating. 100%. 100%.
1: 100%. 100%. You know, I, one thing that really struck me as well with what we were talking about is that you want to do things organically. So, um, you know, that, that really stood out to me because not many people say that these days. So I think it would actually be interesting to get kind of your vision on how you wanted to approach it organically and why. I mean, if you don't mind, of course.
0: For sure, yeah. I'm glad we can make this kind of like a double sided interview, both for the Silico <laughs> ecosystem's sake and for Pele Network's sake. And I, we started this just to get the faces out there, just to get the philosophies behind it. We have a very diverse team from different fast, different parts of life, and uh, different walks of life. Excuse me. And uh, this is a good way to to get to know one another. So yeah, um, organic. You know, I'm I'm kind of an artist, musician type. Before anything else, i've I've tried being an entrepreneur, and I am trying, and I, and I do it, and I enjoy creating and building things. And it wasn't until I learned about cryptocurrency. Uh, Bitcoin, not so much. I I first learned about cryptocurrency through Bitcoin, like a lot of people. But at the time, I was going through a bohemian rebel nomadic traveler (laughs) phase and living out of a backpack. And I kind of was just like, I don't want anything to do with money. You know, like, that's (laughs) that's a world that's just like, you know, it corrupts, it it makes people greedy. Uh, I just I've always had a simpler life, just having fun with people, making music together, making art together, making videos together. And I thought like, well, if that's, I feel like that's kind of universal. Not everyone gets a chance to experience that, but I do think it's universal in in some way, shape or form, depending on the culture. Imagine if we could put that into technologies that can generate livelihoods and produce revenues. and like and that's a a byproduct of relationships we can develop like creative relationships collaborations that feel really good (laughs) so so when i say organic it came from that feeling seven years ago or so after the 2013 bull run which is when I learned about Bitcoin, I kind of started to feel that like what could be possible. I heard Andreas Antonopoulos talk a lot. And then I kind of fizzled away, I went traveling, I was experiencing the real world a bit. Uh, I was in Nepal making videos when making a film when the earthquake hit in 2015, in, I wow. think it was April. Yeah. And I had a firsthand account of the mainstream media Showing all this terror and disaster when in real life on the ground floor, yes, there was it was a disaster, uh, but the response of the people, the response of the global community. The on the ground response even the vibe of just all the locals that even lost their homes was just very resilient like i, I i've been using that term it's just very strong and a lot yeah. of hope and a, and a lot of positivity and people coming and of course on tv you know my family's calling me are you okay we saw Kathmandu crumbled and you know like everyone's dead i'm like everything's you know everything it sucks you know for a lot of people yeah uh, yeah but but the fact is there's something really beautiful coming out of this and there there's been books written about this you know like the community that comes from natural disasters really brings yeah. us together so when when we first started discussing okay like it was during 2017 the bull run we we're like okay there's something here ethereum's a thing smart contracts are a thing we could make some really cool dApps. We saw some really cool ICOs in 2017. They just turned out to be mostly scams, you know, but the, <laughs> the, the inspiration was there. And we said, hey, let's let's figure this out. So we, we didn't have any resources. We didn't have any money. We didn't have any experience in, in tech, in in business and startups, not really anything, but we had this vision and this feeling. So we wrote a white paper. Very, very premature. If anything, it just kind of described an app, like a DAP that could be an implementation of what Pele Network is now. But uh, it was, it was, it was really good. I guess practice. Right? Yeah. It got the it got the momentum going and started building a team of core people that were like, "Hey, we believe in this idea enough to have phone calls twice a month and and flush this <laughs> out." You know what I mean? <laughs> I,
1: I completely get what you mean. Yeah.
0: I'll stop for a bit, respond to what I've gone so far through if you want.
1: No, look, I mean, I I completely agree with you because I kind of lived through a similar experience. So I was actually in the August 4th bombing that happened in Beirut and the the way the the media was showing things, uh, it kind of was, okay, so it was showing it in a very grand kind of perspective and, you know, grand given it was deserving of it, but also what was happening on the ground goes back to what you said too about people being resilient. And for me, you know, the creator economy is very important because you have countries and you know even um, you know markets. I'm referring to them as markets just in, in a from a marketing kind of perspective, right? <laughs> so um, you have these countries, right, cities, and markets where people, prior to the blockchain or the creator economy, didn't really have access to the wider audience that they could tap into. You know, so when when the, the blockchain kicked off. This kind of opened borders across, and this is why why I was kind of uh, – can you hear me? I, I can't hear. I'm muting yes? myself
0: okay. because the oh, screen right. is just showing me listening.
1: All right, all right, yeah. So, you know, when, when that happened, it kind of uh, – it opened borders in a sense, and it put everyone in a position where they can say, all right, well, I'm going to do my own research, I'm going to start my own thing, and I'm going to see where I – you know, how far I can push with it. And this really was a big driving force for me because, you know, in the future, if you wanted to do a transaction, you know, you had to go to your bank, you had to go through so many layers where you were restricted, you know, PayPal is not allowed in, I don't know, in the Middle East, so you can't use PayPal, so you can't buy anything off eBay, so you can't do that. So now what happened is, you know, you have all these beautiful opportunities to come in and say, look, I'm an artist, I'm going to create an NFT and I'm going to sell it. And then that is going to go into my own wallet that I own, that I'm in charge of. So in a sense, I I completely agree with what you said about resilience, resilient people, you know, pushing forward and uh, getting on calls two times a month to discuss an opportunity, because I think you'll find that that actually pushed an entire generation of people that uh, now make up the creator economy. So uh, yeah, it's a...
0: And yeah, and, and, and when we start bridging what's been happening over the last 10-ish years with social media and, and Instagram and TikTok and whatnot, when we start to look at these trends or these social habits as something that can be tokenized, it really does because this revolution of like, we're generating value out of thin air. Which is essentially yeah. what art has always been, right? Just a, or any kind of idea that we that we can transmute into reality somehow. We build it, or yeah. we can visualize it. Uh, but with cryptocurrency, it quantifies it in a way that we can spend, right? Yeah. Like we can we can live off of this. And one hundred percent, yeah. And you now have people that,
1: who are staking. You have sorry, you have people who are staking. You know, and and making a living just from what they have staked or you know, from from the rewards they're getting. So that that prior wasn't. Uh, an option for a lot of the people within, um, you know, many many countries, or even within any kind of, uh, regardless of background, that wasn't an option. So now you have all this kind of, here, do your own thing, see where it gets you, and it's, it's a it's a beautiful place to be. The other thing yeah. that's very interesting.
0: Go ahead, oh, sorry, yeah. man, I keep cutting yeah. you.
1: <laughs> with with because you touched on art, the, the other thing that's interesting with art is that now with the introduction of NFTs and and you know this whole new idea of tokenization we've opened this entire new concept of what is art, you know. because back then you had your fine arts, you had your, you know, you had your photographers, you had your, you know, your oil painters, just kind of like, uh, remember when oil painting was a thing back then, everyone went, bought out these tubes, started painting. So now we've opened up this entire new kind of approach and said, look, there's a new artist that's making the ground round. Um, you know, They're digital and they're not anymore, um people that you commissioned to do your artwork for print now they're actual artists online so we've opened up this entire new spectrum of uh, a career i guess you could say for these skilled artists so so
0: so circling back around to pele there's so much we could talk about and everything uh, that you just said uh one one brief bit of inspiration or one little story here, which contributes to the history of of where Pele came from, is during the last seven years when this inspiration was brewing, this idea. We, my friend, business partner, and I, we started a nonprofit corporation, a five hundred one c three called Perception Travel, and the goal and our mission statement was to help produce global smiling media. I think is how we put it: community building media, because media, especially how we were viewing it at the time, requires such a big budget. It requires so much money to really get a message out there. Yet when you really can boil down the the components of what storytelling is, and this is what we do in our storytelling guide that you can then use in the storytelling portal to upload your footage straight from your phone with Pele. But when you can really boil that down, you can capture all the elements you need of a story on your smartphone. And all you really need to do after that, if you can't edit it on your own, which a lot of people can, uh, maybe some people don't have time, which is the boat I'm currently in. But our generation knows how to edit, all we got to do is learn how to tell stories the right way. And then we all have the potential to go viral in our own way, to go viral from our art, to go viral from our story, from our voice. And now that we've now that these these portals, these, these doors have been opened, the floodgates have been opened into tokenization of any economy, really, not just artists and, and, yep. and creation. But now that these floodgates are open, what's required are the tools to harness it. And so that's what Pele really strives to be, is a backbone to say like, hey, with Pele, it's not about the money you can make from content. There's obviously going to be millions of avenues for that. There already are, and YouTube is one many people use. But what, what Pele really concentrates on is the interactions that can be required to make some kind of a story be told, especially when we zoom out. We call it, this is the group upload portal. When you zoom out and I say, hey, everyone, Zalikians, let's all send a selfie video of what Zalika means to us. From wherever we're from, whatever we believe, like we're gonna get rich, it's gonna moon, or we can use these apps, and I can make I can make a livelihood from from art, whatever it means. Let's all send test. Let's all upload them here. Everyone uploads them, and then an editor, whoever chooses, can compile it all together, and we have this beautiful video for for us, the Lika community. That otherwise, how would you tell that story? Without how would you how would you attract all of that data? In the form of human consciousness how would you how would you get it compiled into one place and we spoke about this on the phone the other day we can we can bring this concept into journalism we can bring this concept into yeah. to many many things and Pele, we we at, at the moment it's we were getting this foundation vision out there because then whoever wants to go explore content as journalism, content as the local storytelling of smiling people that aren't getting their stories told, whatever, nonprofit organizations, then we can really explore the value that this content can bring to the planet as a whole.
1: You know, I actually absolutely love this idea. And you know, I think when we spoke on it, uh, when we touched base on it, it was, the more we spoke about it, the more I I got involved into the idea. Like, you know, my mind just started being like, oh, okay, so you can do that. You can do this, Uh, you know, and it's, I think the community would would really appreciate just some, like a place where they can all come together. And, you know, as you said, put put up like this, these content that they have and see what comes out of them. Because at the end of the day, everyone has this certain talent and some might not know which avenue to take to, you know, pursue it. So I guess that's a very nice way of, opening the spectrum for people who want to get something started and don't know how to get all the assets required to kick it off. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that, that a good starting place would be the Pele Network, right?
0: That would that ideally would be the starting place. And 100%, like a, yeah. what, what this could turn into is maybe there's many starting places, depending yeah. on what exactly you're trying to do. And in the future, I, I do imagine that's how it would be. But for now, yeah, we made a Telegram group which people can join. And I don't know if that's the right uh, type of forum, the right type of format for this kind of thing. We've been thinking of making a discourse. Also, Perception Travel, we made a PeerTube instance where I just put all the videos there. You can even live stream to PeerTube now if you have a a powerful enough instance. But but yeah, there does need to be a, a central place. And we never really had in mind to create like a, a replacement feed, basically, like a replacement for yeah. Facebook, Twitter, whatever, like feeds are, are so Web 2.0, uh, I, I, I would <laughs> say, right? But uh, we, we were working on maps for a while. Uh, perceptions.live is a, is, a, is a map-based platform. There's a feed on the side, but you can zoom into an area of the world and you can see all the videos submitted. And we hope this to be one type of implementation that Pele can use, because then you could stake or, or buy PFTs for projects. You just zoom into their area and go, Oh, I like these people. I can organize that, what I see by artists, music, musicians, community building organizations, uh, agri, permaculture, agriculture, gardening type things, environmental uh, activities, whatever it is, uh, anything yeah. that has to do with this new paradigm. Obviously, we're not talking about drilling oil. and
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> We could be. I mean, <laughs> we could be. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think it'll be really nice to just because it really opened my eye up yesterday when we had our chat. You know, if I was part of the community, you know, the Zilliqa community, how can I get started with Kelly? So, you know, how can I get started? You mentioned you have your tokens and you have the, you know, the the other elements are coming into play. So I guess it would be really nice to discuss that too. Uh,
0: Yeah. Part of, part of this like launch, it's only been a a week or so since we first put it out there, but part of this is just trying to build a core community and it's good to feel that other people are on board. Right. And. What we're doing with Pele for fundraising is very similar to what the the base Pele PFT, the PFT functionality can offer, any kind of creator on any project. It's where you mint a smart contract of a hundred tokens. At first we thought it would be a fractionalized NFT. And then we kind of thought about it, and besides that that, that contract hasn't been uh, ported to Zalika yet, we kind of thought it's really unnecessary. Maybe in the future it might be, but we could just make a fungible token of however many fractions we were thinking for yeah. the of for, for NFT. So basically the concept is you make a pool of project fungible tokens, PFTs, and then you hype those up just like you hype up any token and you sell it. Yep. Say you only sell 50 because you need to make $500 to make a video. So you sell 50 for $10 each, maybe it's just one buyer, whatever it is. And obviously in in some parts of the world, it's going to be a lot less of a budget to get something done than, uh, than other parts of the world. This is what's really cool about being these global digital economies and Zalika, all my Zalika like tweets and everything. There's no action until I'm asleep. Right.
1: Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The time difference is, is big, isn't it? Yeah. It's very big, the time difference.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It's actually
1: very interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm saying it's very interesting, you know, how, how the time difference also plays a part with the content that gets shared and that goes out. So you have, uh, you know, people who usually miss out on maybe important aspects unless they're actually following it. And then it just, they have to scroll and scroll for it to come up on their timeline. <laughs> so. It's, it's, yeah, so I guess by the time you're awake, all the action has died down for everyone else uh, around you, you know, in in different time zones. And then when you're asleep, most of it kicks off, which
0: is uh, very interesting, actually, yeah. Not for long. i mean, right now. Okay, so the, your original question was, how do I get involved with 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 Pele? And it's literally what you and I are doing right now. What we did the other day, yep. we had a phone call, we we, we kind of hashed things out. There's been some other Zulika community members reaching out, we've been talking privately, we have made a private group for our DAO, which I still need to add you to for you to see how unprofessional we really are. <laughs> but <laughs> it's basically about sharing these ideas, networking, getting the the resources required until this thing can live and breathe on its own. Uh, So yeah, we have founders, we have people that have been working on this for a while and we wanna move this forward, but really the overall intention of this, the people have to own it. It, There's, it has to be a DAO and we're a legally recognized DAO now in the state of Wyoming, which we think is pretty cool. And tomorrow morning, I'll be having another stream like this with our lawyer who is a corporate lawyer who sees this as the wave of the future. And he loves NFTs and he's super excited to be part of it. So we'll be discussing kind of that bridge into the real world. But to answer your question, get started. Yeah, reach out to me and let's talk. And we are in a, like a pre-sale phase of selling what we call Pele PFTs which are packages of Pele tokens. The Pele tokens themselves will be available when we open the portal, the Pele portal, which is where you can yeah. upload your footage, find an editor, build a team, eventually uh, mint your own, uh, slice your own PFTs and distribute them, have a marketplace. We'll have an exchange for projects, not for creators, but projects. And yeah, it will be kind of like a social environment. And it's funny because after we spoke and then, after the, the retweet yesterday, I was, it's funny how different people see things. Uh, this as different things. Everyone who sees it, and this was our intention, so it's great. But everyone who sees it sees exactly what they've been wanting to see. That maybe they yeah. didn't even realize they wanted to see it, but they see what they want, and and that's perfect because it can be that. It can be that, and that's what. That's why we chose Zalika because it can be a backbone. It can be a foundation that can, well, we believe that can scale to support something like this. And, you know, not saying we'll be the ones to do it, but, you know, just like kind of Bitcoin, you only need one blockchain for a store of value. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, for smart contracts, you know, maybe we're kind of seeing maybe like Ethereum will only stick around to to be a foundation for Uniswap right? Cause Uniswap has a lot of value. Maybe that's all the ether's worth anymore. And you'll have, different, you'll have different blockchains stick around for something they offer that they can handle, right? But I, I was thinking about it this morning and I probably need to do more research, but I thought, imagine if you combined all the mainstream media, all the TikTok, uh, all stories, all, all this stuff, and everyone was using the same, essentially the same smart contract. I'm wondering, like, if that would be a good thing or a very dangerous (laughs) thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very good question. I mean, how do you think that would pan out for the rest of the world (laughs) to bring everyone and say, this is a smart contract we all need to use?
0: (laughs) Well, imagine if the free market is what dictates that at some stage yeah. where it, it ends up being not about being an invaluable investment or an asset but it's just such a powerful tool to get to get stuff done with or without money make movies with it and i mean build relationships yeah. i think a big part is this of the human ooh, the shakti like this of uh, this humanness we have of connecting of being yeah. real together and bringing social media back to being like real life, like Pokemon Go, right? Like, let's go out and like work together again. Let's let's hang yeah. out again. I remember using the internet to make friends. Uh, we use the internet for Tinder to, to meet dating partners. <laughs> we use the internet yeah. for so many things, why don't, imagine if we could just harness that energy uh, for meeting people and putting it into tokenization in a content creator economy that also serves a value to civilization as a whole And it, yeah, maybe one smart contract to rule them all maybe makes makes sense. Uh, So in regards to the the
1: lockdown, (laughs) (laughs) in regards to to the lockdown that we've been experiencing the last year or so, right? So I feel like this also opens the door to a lot of creatives also who kind of you know um weren't able to leave their houses and didn't know where a good starting point would be to connect with other like-minded individuals for projects or you know how to kickstart an idea that they had so when COVID hit um you know where you did did it push you more to implementing Pelé because you know you felt that would be we've kind of switched roles here i'm now doing the interview with you but you know i I don't mind that unless do you mind because you know i feel it's interesting to kind of get that perspective happening um so you know when COVID hit do you feel like that kind of pushed you forwards to you know implement tele more in regards to how you bring people together for project basis or uh, that didn't really affect much the the timeline or the time frame that you had going on
0: when COVID hit well from my opinion when the governments hit it was <laughs> it was uh, kind of already in my timeline exactly where yeah. everything was. It was already in the books. Uh, I was in Argentina where the you know people I'm, I'm from the United States, and there has been a lot of complaining about things. but you know, we couldn't leave town in Argentina. There's police checkpoints and meanwhile yeah. here, you know you have police departments saying we won't follow those mandates because you know we don't think they they match up with the science or whatever. so uh, I've definitely come to have a lot of gratitude of of i mean from being where I'm from and then also having seen parts of the real world, which I'm sure you can relate to you're in you're in Beirut right now, so yeah, I mean, yeah. the real world is a lot different than this kind of dream world a lot of the West has been imagining <laughs> for a long time, and we're waking up to like what 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 can happen when power goes unchecked. But as far as Pele goes, it was already moving in that direction and the lockdown actually helped me just bunker up and do this and <laughs> yeah. not really have to care about anything else because it was just out of my control. So it was actually yeah. a real blessing. We, we did start, I found someone that wanted to help out on Reddit, on our CrowdSpark. Props! Shout out to them. Uh, he's like, I want to. Yeah, this is a great idea. He works in um, recruiting, so he's like, this is a great way to just empower normal people in small businesses. Yeah. And so we used that to get. Uh, we got some kind of incubator with some startup and got free AWS credit. So that was kind of like encouraging, and we moved forward that way. We built the whole video upload system, this and that. We we, we built in, integrated into the the PHP system tokens. They weren't blockchain tokens, but they were tokens. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, it was just going to be a business, and we just offer video editing services, and we charge you by the minute. And but now we're changing that. We're just if you want to, you know, store your footage for collaborators on our servers we have to pay charge you by the by the file size yeah but anyway yeah it was it was a good opportunity and then also a lot of people have been getting creative and how they make content right during covid and 100 yeah and that i think is something with a lot of it's it's a it's momentum we can ride right
1: mm-hmm. it's a
0: wave it's a wave zalika i think is writing a lot of a lot of cryptocurrency has been trying to jump in on and we're no, no exception. Does that answer the question?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no right or wrong, you know, answer it's just, I think uh, it definitely hit the the topic of, you know, it did when COVID hit, it did open a lot of new creative, uh, kind of aspects for people, you know, they were getting creatives in different ways. Some people were setting up YouTube on how to cook, you know, banana cake was a massive thing. I remember that. I think there was like a hashtag banana cake going viral for, I think it was like two weeks or something back then. So, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely interesting how these community driven projects do come together. Uh, I personally would love to, you know, see the first project go out and see how that is kind of, uh, you know, brought to life. I reckon that'll be really, really interesting to uh, you know, when when Pele kicks off, that first project is there and it goes live to see how people interact with it. Uh, you know, what's the, the end result? So that's that's definitely something I'm excited for.
0: I have a question for you now. And 100%. that is, uh, as, as Zalika's metaverse and NFT futurist, what yeah. exactly <laughs> does your, your job entail? And I would say, what world do you work in? Not necessarily the world... Uh, it will be, but what is the world you're really working in? And how does that, how does that feel?
1: So, uh, all right, how would you like me to break, how would you like me to break that down,
0: uh, I guess? Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about NFTs and let's talk about metaverse. Right. <laughs> the metaverse, all right, <laughs> all right.
1: So look, to to break it down, pretty much what what I do at, at Zilliqa, so what's the future, which is actually really funny because I was saying I, when when i i did a tweet you know a while back and i was like you know excited to join zillica as nft and metaverse futurist um i've been with the team you know i guess at the end of this month it would be only a month uh but so much has happened in that month and you know when i joined and i said i'm a futurist no one actually asked me what is a futurist so um (laughs) i found that really really interesting um because you know usually if i was to read something like that i'd say okay well what is the what do you do so pretty much what i do is um I strategize. So uh, when it comes to how we're going to break into new markets, uh, projects that are coming, looking after the Zillaverse. So that's the the world in Zillica that combines the creator economy. It combines NFTs, it combines tokenization, and it also includes the creator fund. So are you drinking Mate? <laughs> Love that stuff. It's very good. Yeah. So, you know, with, with all of that, um, what I do is I, I, my my role includes, you know, <clears throat> delivering. Uh, can you can you hear me? Because I can't actually see if I'm. I can't I'm, see the I'm green just, lines
0: on my. I'm just muted, so it doesn't show me going. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great.
1: Great. Because sometimes I'm not seeing the the lines go up on my microphone, so I can't tell if I'm being heard. So yeah, you know, I come through to just overlook the Zillaverse, You know, make sure everything's going to plan breaking into new markets, market expansion, onboarding users in regards to, you know, having them understand how the vision is on the individual within what we want to do, you know? So whether it's NFTs, tokenization, the creator economy, a big part of what we want to do is invest in the individual, uh, you know, because they're the people who are pushing forward with their creativity. So a big part of that is market expansion, as I've mentioned, it's, you know, reaching out to new people, We understand crypto, but there's a big part of the world who still finds it very difficult to know what an NFT is or how to actually use an NFT. You know, I've actually had people ask me, what is a wallet? Do you email one to me? You know, does it get sent by post? So, you know, there's still some kind of, uh, you know, friction, I guess, when it comes to how much we can push boundaries to people's knowledge. And uh, when you're so involved in the space, you don't really see the broader aspect of it. So a big part of what I'd like to do is, you know, to be raising awareness that, you know, there is this new world that is open to all these people and um, all these markets, all these talents, all these creatives. And a good place to start is definitely the the Zilliqa ecosystem, because our ecosystem is home to so many great projects and it, it just makes it easy for you to come in and, not only that, but we also have an amazing community that is willing to help with you know, whatever aspect you need, whether it's uh, getting feedback, whether it's knowledge, whether it's support. And I think you've seen that the last couple of days, you know, um, you made a comment that the, the Zilliqa community really got behind you and pushed through with that. So.
0: Uh, it was, uh, you know how life sometimes can just come and kick you in the butt in ways you never really expected. And then you're like, oh, I needed that. And yeah. for years I've been too scared to really release the idea for Pele to the public. Uh, I've been kind of sharing it with like friends and family with like a personal newsletter and uh, with my legacy social media following that don't really care about anything. But all I needed to do was find the community. It already exists and I didn't expect it to be Zalika. I had never really thought about it, but everything we're talking about right now is exactly is exactly it. And there's so there's a very broad array of, of resources and skills and people out here that you're right, they seem very supportive, and they want to help. And it's almost overwhelming, you know, coming from the world we live in, and everyone wants to help you all of a sudden, like, that's not the world we live yeah. in. Everyone <laughs> wants to eat you and get something from you. You know, that's the, yeah. that's this the last, you know, few generations of whatever world yeah. this is, but this yeah. new one we're entering, it's just so ethereal. And I ask about the metaverse and the NFTs because sometimes I have this vision of, like, imagine a VR metaverse of Zelika. Mm-hmm. I feel like the NFTs would be like these, uh, like, spaceships you could travel on to to, yes. to get it into different universes inside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, there's uh, so another big part of what I do, too, is, you know, seeing the landscape in the future and knowing what would be needed, um, you know, for the ecosystem to bridge the gap between the physical and, and the you know, the the metaverse. And, you know, uh, a big part of the metaverse is, like I said, bridging the gap between what's reality and, uh, you know, how you can take that and transfer it into the, the virtual world. So we want to make sure that, you know, what you're doing in the physical world can be translated into this virtual world and vice versa. But, you know, of course, to go from point A to point B, there are steps required. So people need to understand that, For that to happen, the the community and not only that, but token holders as well, they need to shift with that change. So when crypto first started, you know there was that mentality that, uh, you know, you buy your coins, you hold on to them, you stake them, you don't move them, you kind of, you know, that's it. They're there. You you protect them in a way. But as we've progressed, it's become very important for token holders to become token users. You know, and our CEO Emre has such point on that. um, You know, previously, and that's something that we really want to push forward with because it's very important that within the ecosystem it's being used because you know what's the point of buying the ingredients if you're not going to cook a recipe so you know it's uh, <laughs> it really makes no sense so it's, it's very important for us to build an ecosystem that everyone wants to be a part of uh, whether and it's in the physical or the metaverse
0: exactly this and in the physical so i think that's what a lot of people overlook, especially when we talk about Bitcoin and proof of work, there needs to be some representation of of this energy moving in the physical world. And with Bitcoin, you could say, you know, it's that proof of work protocol. Uh, But, you know, literally the photons of light move, like a microchip, right? There's something actually moving to make your computer work, right? Uh, But uh, with video, and we're talking about smart contracts and all this stuff, video is especially a real life video or even a cartoon that has a real person's voice. Like it brings it back to Earth. It Mm -hmm. it unifies all of this ethereal crypto space and it brings it somewhere where it can still retain value. Because I've heard it speculate that the end of the crypto bubble will be exactly because of that, maybe the end of the decade, because not enough of it is is corresponding to something in real life. And we're still humans. We still need to eat, you know, we still live in this realm for now, but, (laughs) but, but video is a really neat tool for that because it does close the loop, so to speak. I think.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when, again, it it comes down to a a big part of bridging that gap does rely heavily on video, um, you know, and, and just, QR codes, NFCs and all that do also play a very important part because there is this mm-hmm. mentality now of social distancing and, you know, tap to pay and all that comes into play. So, um, you know, recently it was uh, mentioned that now you can um, fill your card up with ZIL and start using it in, in the physical world, you know. So that's something where it's accepted. So that's something that can actually be implemented. It really comes down to people who want to, like you said, people who want to take control of a project and push through with it. So if you go to uh, printers, for example, right, and you're constantly printing out some items, images, whatever it is, if you ask them four, five, six, a 100 times, you know, do you accept crypto, do you accept crypto, do you accept ZIL, do you accept ZIL? At some point, they're going to say, what the hell is ZIL? What are they talking about? Get online and do research. So um, we've recently, um, it was mentioned on our Twitter that, now payments actually integrated with Zillica and it's uh, so you're able to accept payment as crypto through your platforms. So if you have an online store, one thing you can do is you can set this API, right? Connect with them. And you can actually have an option for people to pay for their items with crypto. Who
0: is so this? that? What is the service?
1: They're called now payments. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's obviously others within the, the ecosystem too. If, if I don't mention anyone, it's not because I'm, I'm picking anyone, it's just what came to mind. Uh, you know, so that is one good way of uh, a barrier to break into entry because, you know, if you do have an online store or, you know, um, any store where you can accept card and any sort of payments or a digital agency, for example, you can set up a crypto uh, function to it and start accepting Zill, start accepting, you know, whatever other kind of. Uh, I don't know, crypto you want to accept and go ahead with it. So once these small things start happening, then you've gotten people used to including crypto in their day-to-day life um, you know, with with Zill transactions and
0: all that. Not to mention this whole, I mean, everything you're saying about right now reminds me more of the, the Bitcoin atmosphere and Lightning Network now, where I can buy a Raspberry Pi, set up a BitPay server on a node that I run on Tor and accept payments peer-to-peer at anywhere, at any point of sale, yep. and no one else knows. Yeah. <laughs> There's complete <laughs> privacy there. And I, I always think of that with Bitcoin, which is something I don't feel like the rest of the cryptocurrencies really cares much about, which is this autonomy when it comes to transactions. And you know the blockchain can either be like a, you know, a tool for good or a tool for dystopias. <laughs> but regardless, it, it's a tool that brings humanity a lot further, so we use it. But do you have any comments on, on that kind of, on that kind of idea? On, oh, well, which idea? Sorry. well on being able to do peer to peer transactions without meddling middlemen needing to know who, like governments, like who's sending this? Are they, are they paying taxes on it? Like when you're running a Bitcoin node, you can receive that payment like cash. Right. And as we know, governments all around the world would love to ban cash so they can take their pick of all, all, all of our interactions can be taxed. Right. Like in uh, Pelé, yeah. essentially an interaction will be taxed in the Pele token, which is, you know, hopefully very small, which is the point of the network. It's like people like Zelika, which uh, someone just said first time they've heard it pronounced Zilika. Do people say Zilliqa? <laughs> Zilliqa, I say Zilliqa. This yeah. is uh, But. But, but yeah, the uh, this autonomy and privacy in how we interact together is also, I think, a really big point. Now, I don't think it, it's as big of a role in something like uh, like Pele. We do want you to have a pseudonymous address. It's not quite like making payments, and you you do want to have a, a wallet that showcases your badges and your portfolio. So it is a kind of a, Against that system, but I'm just curious if you have any thoughts in that world of governments, the way they're changing these days and interacting with the real world. And, you know, you're selling a bunch of NFT art. Where 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 is your liberty? Where, where does it stand? Uh,
1: look, to be honest with that, I think that's a question that is probably. uh Okay, so I'd like to I'd like to answer that when it comes to towards NFT art, right? So if I was to talk about NFT art now, you'll find that a lot of the conversations tend to um, hover around how can we protect the NFT right ownership? Because right now, you know you you own an NFT, right? but what can you actually do with it? Can you print it and put it on a t-shirt and then sell it without the artist knowing in the physical world? Um, you know, can you put it on a mug and start selling it as a coffee kind of uh, cup holder kind of thing? So when it comes to the world that we're in right now, which is, you know, I'm going to refer to it as web three, it's, it's just, it's really important to note that we're venturing into this altogether, you know? So, um, everything that is happening people you know you have scientists you have academics you have really really smart people in the back end strategists futurists (laughs) pushing forward with the things that are happening and and coming coming through so you know it's 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 one of those things that um the the future is definitely interesting and exciting and you know how governments are seeing what's happening i think it's a shock to them too uh because you know just like us they also don't know what's coming and and how people are going to react or what's happening but you did say something about transactions and people not being able to to kind of uh, governments not being able to see them right
0: if i make an nft that's just simple art and you say hey i'll give you 50 bucks for that like but because it's on a blockchain that's traceable and by our laws Mm -hmm. today you'd have to pay taxes on that uh I don't know. Maybe we're speaking out of turn here if we're representing other organizations, but you know, a lot of people in the crypto space would say that's not fair. And we're talking about art here and NFTs. I don't know. That that it just always comes back to to my mind this 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 whole thing we're doing in this crypto space. Like you're saying, we're go, go, all going in together, but there are different actors doing different things, and it's always curious. Like we have to do KYC uh, with transactions over ten thousand dollars. Now, yep. do we understand why they want you to do that? Yeah, so you're not m- laundering money for money for some cr- criminals. Uh, uh, does it mean that it's a good idea? You know, those those companies that do the KYC data, they get hacked, right? If we could hold thousands of people's information and it could all get hacked and then it's not just the government who yeah, sensibly if if the, you know, you're paying taxes, it's a good cause. It's, it's yeah, okay, sure, but it's not just the government knowing anymore about these transactions. They're knowing things about you and your interactions. So in I guess for sake of example, I yeah.
1: look I'm I'm not don't hold me to this, but from memory I think a couple of weeks ago there was a post about um uh Uh, I think from memory, it was called Carbon and it was being deployed on Zilliqa and it allows you to undergo um, private transactions. So, you know, maybe that's something you would want to look into if you're talking more about private transactions. I I, I could be wrong with the name, mm -hmm. but uh, from memory, I do remember for carbon and, you know, something along, along those lines.
0: Um, I only bring it up because I feel like it's a core pillar of the crypto space in general, which is privacy and autonomy. And so we're talking about future creator economies and tokenization. And that's the only reason I bring it up. It's not some passion conversation. There's a few (laughs) questions in the, uh, in the chat right now. Uh, Why is this name Pele? There's already XCAD. Why Pele? Are you going to collab with Xcat? Okay, so here's something that came to me uh, actually this morning. Um, Imagine I know someone who is a singing teacher. She's a very good singing teacher. She has a big following in real life. And she's decided she wants to make a YouTube channel for her lessons. Uh, That is not something I would recommend to use for Pele. And believe me, I would want her to use Pele because it would onboard a new creator, a new user. But there really just doesn't make a lot of sense right now. If she wanted to make a movie about singing or something, like a long project and then sell it in the traditional world, like a DVD, okay, maybe Pele would make sense. But for something that, from what I understand of XCAD, XCAD would make a lot more sense for course creators, content creators, things like that. Content creators that are working on I think it's educational courses, right? XCAD. so it's, it's called XCADEMY.
1: <laughs> no. I think okay. it's important to kind of know to the community that there's a difference between what XCAD is doing and what Pele Network is actually doing. So XCAD is actually focusing on tokenizing, you know, certain creators, whereas Pele is taking uh, you know, you actually put it in a very good way to me yesterday, which was, you know, uh, I'm not gonna refer to so taking a project putting it online, tokenizing people on how they can actually be a part of it. So, you know, a nice way to look at it is if I wanted to, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, but uh, rather than me being the token, so me as the NFT and metaverse futurist at Zilliqa, rather than me being the token, I could come and say, I have this project and, you know, I put it online. And if anyone has the skill or an idea and wants to be a part of it, then they can buy into the token of that, correct? Exactly. A hundred percent. So there are two completely different kind of approaches when it comes to the creator economy. I I wouldn't really put them uh, against, no, I wouldn't say against each other, but the space, our ecosystem is open to, you know, all participants and all kind of, uh, you know, creativity that comes through and, you know, we applaud them both equally. But and, yeah, it's it's just very important to agree that they're two completely different projects.
0: Uh, yeah, I when, don't and like. I just said I don't really see competition. I see them having very different focuses yeah. that that can be interoperable. Like, uh, like use them both for different purposes. One hundred
1: percent, one hundred percent. And
0: it, my limit, my understanding is very limited of XCAD, but that's what you just said is the hammer on the head. Uh, we we do these things called PFTs, Project Fungible yeah. Tokens, uh, because you know. Sometimes a director needs time to get well known, or sometimes you know you got to prove yourself before you're making a bunch of money. Maybe you got to prove yourself before you're working with the people you would like to work with. And so Pele is is an ecosystem that allows for those relationships to build in a manner that doesn't exclude anyone. So if you have a goal, you can reach it uh, pretty much on any. I would say on any level, which is kind of how we designed it to be super inclusive. The other question is why is this named Pele? So, uh, why is this named Pele? That's because. He uh, likes soccer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea he was a soccer player until it was, it was too late. But Pele is the uh, Hawaiian fire goddess. The goddess of lava and magma in Hawaii. And basically, what Pele does is just destroy, <laughs> like lava. It, she comes through and lays it all over. Uh, and nothing can really stop it. Maybe gravity, but even essentially water, eventually it'll just keep going up. And that's how you get new islands. So it's a very powerful force. Uh, what Pele means to us is we want to do that for the way we do media as it is. We, our analogy that you can see in the white paper is content is not king. Content became king in the 20th century because of Hollywood, basically. Hollywood show business saying, hey, we should all be passive consumers and watch the stars on the screen. We should pay to come watch this. We should pay to be entertained and keep a wall up between the entertainment and our experience. Now, if you look back a few hundred years, you have sing-alongs. You have drum circles, you have dance around the fire. You have all kinds of really organic celebration and entertainment, really organic entertainment. That's come from the, since the beginning of time, as far as humans are concerned. And this is something John and I touched on in the last Pelecast, but essentially this is all hardwired into us is to entertain ourselves together, have fun together, but big tube, as we say, Big two, this hijacked all that in the last hundred years. So all the money is just funneling into these centralized sources of production, the sources of the content. Now, obviously web two has been great, making more avenues for people to create content, but that money is still trickling up to big two. YouTube making all this money, not paying you so much. Uh, there's, you yeah, have to put advertisements all over your stuff. Like it's just, it's a disaster, right? They censor you like we could go on forever. So, uh, Pele is meant to bulldoze all of that with, with lava. And the great part about lava, which I think a lot of people don't know, is it has so much minerals and nutrition from, from the center of the earth uh, that it's a very fertile soil after. It's a very fertile foundation for plants, for tree life to grow on. And that's why you know, Hawaii is so beautiful, right? <laughs> but uh, we, that's what we wanna do. We, we, we wanna really contribute to the the shift in how we perceive what media is, what content is, and how it could be something super enriching to the human spirit, as well as enriching to the human wallet, Uh, something that brings us together, something that creates value and, and liberates us, really. It liberates us from these centralized forms of influence, such as big two. So I hope that answers the Pele question. We have one more question. Wouldn't Pele help motivate XCAD to work harder and vice versa? Healthy competition leads to better and quicker results. Chase from Sparta Wallet. Hey, Chase. Wouldn't just removing the middlemen, advertisers, and paying content creators directly nullify BigTube more than anything? Yeah, totally. I agree with that. And I, I think a lot of the BigTube rendering BigTube irrelevant is happening anyway. They're doing it on its own, right? Like they're everyone's running for the hills from these from these big tech platforms. But there, I think, is still a component of conscious human effort that I think would really help drive that forward. And once again, that's why we've chosen the kind of the DAO route. And let's look at it kind of how a 20th-century corporation would look at it. You know, let's let's have a board let's be smart about how we do this before we completely decentralize it and let the community make its decisions. Cause that's been proven to be a disaster in some cases. Uh, I hope that answers that question, but yeah, paying content creators directly. Yeah. I mean, honestly with lightning network, you could put a podcast on now and there's podcasting 2.0 apps where you could just say, I want to send 10 sats, 10 Satoshis per minute. I listen to you set up your lightning channel at home, your lightning node and boom. You have more followers you get that are contributing, like by the minute you're getting paid. So you could say we wouldn't even need Zalika. (laughs) We don't need, you know.
1: All right, see you guys, it was nice. (laughs) Ah,
0: Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling now, but uh, these are definitely conversations that I would love to have. And Chase of Sparta Wallet, if you ever wanna come on here, let's talk. Uh, This is something I don't know. I don't have the answers to, we don't have the answers to. This is a vision that a lot of us share. It's a community thing. Oh, it can only be done together. So that's where that's where we're at.
1: It's a good place to be.
0: And it's where we got to stop because I am all out of time. <laughs> so do you have any closing thoughts, Sandra? Okay. How can people reach you if they are not already?
1: Uh, well, you know, obviously the, the easiest route would be through Twitter. So Sandra underscore T-L-I-D-E. Um Yeah, or just, you know, um, Catch me around on
0: Twitter, mainly. (laughs) Yeah, Twitter. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on.
1: No, thank you. And, you know, I'm glad we had this conversation. And, you know, welcome to the Powered by Zill ecosystem team. Thank
0: you. (laughs)